What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and I have another draft strategy video for you guys today. So a couple days ago, I went through the double hero RB draft strategy. Today, we're gonna to be talking about the hero RB draft strategy. And I do wanna preface this video by saying that you should never be going into a draft locked into a strategy, right? So if you watch this video, you like the way the mock drafts play out, you know, you like the overall theory of the strategy, you should not go into your draft and say, I'm going to draft hero RB. You do not wanna be locked into one specific strategy because you're gonna end up losing out on value at other positions, right? Say you go your hero RB in the first round and then you get a great value in the second, but you pass on it. We don't wanna be doing that. I think the more kind of important thing about these strategy videos is that if you're in tune with all of the draft strategies, you're able to go through the first few rounds, take best player available, and then from there, you're kind of able to get an idea of what your team's construction is gonna look like, and then you're kind of able to carry those different strategies to the finish line. But I do just wanna kind of make that point at the beginning. You never wanna be locked into a specific strategy. So now diving into just the general overview of HeroRB, and then we'll dive into some uh, mock drafts later on. Um, HeroRB is kind of you know self-explanatory, at least at the running back position. You're basically gonna be getting one stud running back in the first two rounds of your draft. I guess you could argue maybe round three if you get like a great value, but typically like the players we wanna target as your hero RB, they're probably gonna be going in the first two rounds of your fantasy drafts. And then you kinda of just want that running back to be a high ceiling option to really just anchor your lineup throughout the season. And then after you get that stud running back, you know, your hero RB, you're basically gonna punt the position until after the running back dead zone, which ends in round six. So you're probably not gonna be taking your second running back until like round seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. And in between those running back picks, that's where you wanna be stocking up on the wide receiver position. At the very least, you wanna have solid options through the flex. Ideally, you know, you'd also have one or two more quality options coming off your bench. And then I think going here RB also opens up the opportunity for you to get like an elite quarterback or an elite tight end, or honestly both, not necessarily like a high-end option. You don't need to go out and get like a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, but you can get, you know, a round four Justin Fields, a round five Justin Herbert. You can be in play for the tight ends. You know, you could even go Kelsey, Andrews, you know, snag someone in the middle rounds, but you are kind of opened up to get some solid value at the quarterback and the tight end position. And then when it comes to your running back two, it can honestly vary. Like you're not forced into taking someone in round seven, around eight. You guys are gonna see in the mock drafts, there are certain drafts where, you know, I get a really nice running back two where I like the value in round seven or round eight. But there are gonna be other mock drafts where I get to round seven, round eight. I didn't like the value through the dead zone. I didn't really love the value in round seven, round eight, and I end up kind of like punting the position and I just take a bunch of shots on like handcuff options where you're just kind of assuming that throughout the season, one of these like four guys on your bench or in your RB2 spot is gonna kind of break out or an injury is gonna happen and they'll have a starting role and be startable for you. So you can kind of go a few different ways when it comes to the running back position. And then looking at the current running backs that I would say are like, you know, here are RB options. I think I could confidently say there are eight running backs that I'd want to build my hero RB team around. Those are going to be CMC, Bijan Robinson, Eckler, Saquon, Chubb, Pollard, JT, and then Derrick Henry. I will say that if Josh Jacobs gets his contract thing sorted out, I would also throw him in there. You just don't want to be stuck in a spot where your hero RB is holding out or kind of, you know, not even playing towards the end of the season. 
So that's what keeps him out for me. And then I honestly do think you could argue Ramondre. I wouldn't love it, but like if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, get Ramondre in round three, I think that's a fine, you know, kind of hero RB build. But that's kind of the general overview. Now let's jump into some of the mock drafts here. So I've got five different mock drafts for you. All of these have the same uh, starting lineup format. So we're going one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, uh, one tight end, and then two flex spots, and then I believe five bench slots. These are all going to be PPR drafts, and then we're just picking from five different spots. So we're going to start off at the 102. And this is a spot where I went with Christian McCaffrey to be my hero RB. This is a draft position where I think you could go Jamar Chase or Christian McCaffrey. But like I said, I go with McCaffrey here as the 102. And then when we get to the second round, there really wasn't a ton of falling value. Like you didn't get a falling Wilson or a Waddle or an Amon Ross St. Brown. And so I'm in a spot here where I don't necessarily love the running backs. I do think you could go Josh Jacobs. You could definitely go Ramondre Stevenson, Brees Hall, but I end up going with Mark Andrews and Chris Olave. I think that's pretty solid value at the uh, 2-3 turn. Get the tight end two overall, which I definitely like, especially in a hero RB build. And then we get a solid like back end wide receiver one to be our first wide receiver on our team. So that's our picks through three rounds. Then I like the value we get here at the 4-5 turn. We're going to get Amari Cooper late fourth round. He's someone I'd be willing to take late third. So pretty much like around value, at least in my rankings. So he is going to be our wide receiver two. And then I like the value on Justin Herbert here. We definitely could have gone with a wide receiver, a guy like Drake London. DJ Moore, Mike Williams, but I like the idea of getting a quarterback here. If we're not going to pick a running back and until round seven, then I do like the idea of getting two elite options, um, you know, tight end and quarterback getting top options. I also think in your home leagues where the drafts are probably going to be a little bit softer, I think it makes even more sense to get those elite options at the quarterback and tight end position, because there's probably going to be a lot of depth at the wide receiver position later on, right? Like platforms like ESPN, Yahoo, you can get crazy value at the wide receiver positions. Like in the later rounds, you can be drafting guys in like 12, 13th round that would be going eighth, ninth round in, um, you know, more kind of uh, competitive leagues. So that's going to be our picks through five. Then in round six, we go back to the wide receiver position. We get Deontay Johnson to be our wide receiver three. And then we're here in round seven. And this was a spot where we could have continued at the wide receiver position. We don't have wide receivers through the flex yet, but I like the value on David Montgomery. So I think this was a nice opportunity to get our running back to you know, we punted the position for, what was it, five rounds. I think getting Montgomery there as our number two option is a really nice pick. So we snag him. Then we got to go back to the wide receiver position through the flex. So we go Quinton Johnston and Zay Flowers in back-to-back rounds. Then in round 10, you know, uh, helping out the running back depth, we go Damian Harris. Then we get Rashad Bateman in round 11, which I think is nice. Um, you know, maybe kind of repetitive with Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman, but I think at least one of those guys is going to be really nice for fantasy, if not both. So I think our wide receivers recovered, you know, even though we didn't go crazy heavy and took elite options at quarterback and tight end. And then the last two rounds were just kind of, um, you know, wrapping up the running back position. So we get Jalen Warren and Roshan Johnson as kind of like our handcuff guys. So that was our first draft from the second overall slot. I do think like early first round is a spot where you could be going here or RB, especially in leagues where the running backs are going to get taken super early on, right? Like where you're not going to get a falling Pollard or a Derrick Henry, guys like that. I think that's a nice spot where if you go CMC early on or even like Bijan or Eckler, 
you can end up building some solid hero RB teams. But now shifting into the second mock draft, this is going to be PPR once again, uh, same roster settings, but this is going to be from the five spot. So with pick number five, we end up going with Bijan Robinson here. This could have been an Austin Eckler. Um, it could have been a Tyreek Hill. It looks like it also could have been, oh no, Cooper Cup was off the board. So pretty much could have gone Bijan, Eckler, Tyreek Hill here. Honestly, the more I kind of look at it and do these mock drafts, the more I'm willing to take like the Bijan Eckler group over Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup, just because I think the running back position falls off and you can get a lot of wide receiver value like later on. And I do slightly prefer Bijan Robinson, but you know, if you prefer Eckler, just imagine this is like a uh, Austin Eckler team. So we go Bijan in round one. Then in round two, we get Garrett Wilson. I typically don't end up with a ton of Garrett Wilson, but I think this is fine value. Also definitely could have gone uh, Tony Pollard here if we wanted a double hero RB build, but I think Garrett Wilson in like the mid second round is solid value. Then in round three, we add another solid wide receiver with T Higgins. Um, he's someone where if I'm getting him in the mid third round, I'm, you know, all in, I draft him early third. So I like the value there with him as our wide receiver too. Then in round four, we end up going with Justin Fields. This is kind of like the spot where we want to be avoiding these running backs. Like we see all these running backs going in this range. Kenneth Walker, zero interest in round four. I actually think round four Mixon is solid, but like then Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, just not super interested in those guys in this range. So through four rounds, our picks are Bijan Robinson, Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, and Justin Fields. I always love the value of fourth round Justin Fields. If you're getting a mid to late fourth, I think he's a really, really strong pick, especially if like the wide receivers are off the board. Um, like we could have gone with Amari Cooper, but we just drafted him in the first one. So trying to get a little bit of variance there. I do just like the spot here where Justin Fields is going, but now we want to get back on the wide receiver position. So in round five, we go with Christian Watson. Could have stacked uh, DJ Moore with Justin Fields, but I like Watson here as the pick. And then we end up going with kind of a mid-tier tight end one option in Darren Waller. I'm really starting to like the value of Darren Waller in like the round six area. If you're getting him round six later, I think he's a nice pick. The reports out of training camp have been really solid. And when healthy, Darren Waller has been a high-end tight end one. So I'm kind of willing to take that swing there in the uh, sixth round. So through six rounds, we've got one running back, an elite quarterback, a really solid tight end. And then we have three wide receivers that I'm comfortable with, but we do want to go back to the wide receiver position. So we go round seven, Deontay Johnson. This could have been another spot where we went with David Montgomery. I just prefer the value of uh, Deontay Johnson, plus the fact that he will also be in my starting lineup. I think it made sense. Like if Deontay was going to be my wide receiver five and out of the lineup, maybe I'd go with Montgomery, but I do like the value on Deontay. And then heading into round eight, Unfortunately, a lot of the running back value was gone. Some of the guys that could have been available in this range, like Rashad White, Javante Williams, David Montgomery, James Cook, they were all off the board. So at this point, we just got to continue to dive in at the wide receiver position. I'm not going to reach for a round eight Jamal Williams or an Antonio Gibson. I would rather just wait and get some value later on. So I go with Brandon Cooks in round eight. And then round nine, round 10, this is where I start to hit the uh, running back position. And this is an example of one of those teams where the running back two spot really doesn't look great in the starting lineup, but you have to imagine throughout the season, some of these guys are going to kind of stand out on their offenses. So round nine and round 10, we go with Zach Charbonnet and Devin A-Chain. I'm going to do a uh, handcuff video. I think that's actually going to be coming out tomorrow. 
um, of some of the best handcuffs in fantasy football. And I do believe Zach Charbonnet is going to be my number one option. I feel like he's viewed as kind of a handcuff, but I honestly think he's going to have week-to-week upside. I think they brought him in to catch passes and get used in the short yardage situations, which means he's kind of getting like the most valuable touches you can get, right? He's used as a pass catcher, and he's probably going to be used on the goal line. So I think he's someone who has weekly value, but is just massively discounted because Kenneth Walker, you know, is viewed as a top option. So I really like him here. Obviously, he's not a fantastic RB2, but in the ninth round, I like to pick. Then we have Devin A-Chain, another guy who I think has room to kind of break out in his offense. We get our sixth wide receiver with Rashad Bateman, and then we just hammer out these handcuffs with Tank Bigsby and Jalen Warren. Basically, the way I'm looking at this roster is that if Bijan is our hero RB and he's going to be you know, our anchor throughout the entire season, I think when you have the group of Zach Charbonnet, Devin A-Chain, Tank Bigsby, and Jalen Warren, I think throughout the season, most weeks, at least one of those guys is going to be a decent option. Like I think Charbonnet has the chance to have weekly value. I think A-Chain has the opportunity to lead his backfield. And then for Tank Bigsby and Jalen Warren, if ETN misses time, you start Tank Bigsby. If Najee Harris misses time, you start Jalen Warren. So I do kind of like the way this one played out. And I do think it's a different kind of construction from the first mock draft. Now, moving into the third mock, this is going to be from the seventh pick, and this is actually going to be another uh, Bijan Robinson team, but this one was a little bit more unique in terms of how we handled the mid-rounds. So we start off with Bijan Robinson at the 107, then we just hammer the wide receiver position for, it looks like, five straight rounds. So we go Amon Ross St. Brown in round two. We'll always take Amon Ra there at the 206. Then we go Calvin Ridley in round three. We go Amari Cooper in round four, Jerry Judy in round five, and then Mike Williams in round six. So I wouldn't say this is like a perfect start just because I would have liked to have some value, you know, at some of the other positions. Like I would have liked an elite quarterback or an elite tight end. Like we went Cooper over Fields, which I'm fine with. Like those dudes are super close in my rankings, but we just never had an opportunity to get another solid quarterback or tight end at value in rounds five and six. And I didn't want to force it. I do think that can kind of be the downside of Hero RB is that when you're not overly balanced through the first few rounds, you can kind of get stuck, um, you know, having to take the value, but it may not lead to optimal roster construction, right? Because through six rounds, one of our picks is currently sitting on our bench. That would be Mike Williams. Now, I will say, though, throughout the entire season, right, there's going to be bye weeks, injuries. So the odds of like all five of these dudes being healthy and not on bye probably isn't going to happen too often. But this wide receiver core is going to be really, really strong. And it's probably the strongest of uh, all the mock drafts we did. Then we move into round seven. And this is a spot where we pretty much have to go with another position. Like I think if we had a different start, Deontay Johnson definitely could have been the pick here in round seven. But wide receiver six, Deontay, like two spots on the bench, just doesn't make a ton of sense. And I like the value we got there on Javante Williams to be our running back too. The reports out of camp have been solid. It seems like Sean Payton expects him to uh, play in the preseason, which I think is super encouraging. So it's not like a guarantee he's going to pay off here. There definitely is some risk, but I think in the seventh round, I'm definitely willing to take a swing on Javante Williams. And then we kind of have to start to get serious about like the quarterback and the tight end position. I don't love that we went hero RB and we didn't get an elite quarterback or tight end. That's not really a spot I want to be in. So we get Deshaun Watson in round eight. I don't think he's an elite quarterback option, but I do think he's a step ahead 
of like that next just ginormous tier of quarterbacks. You can see Dak, Kirk Cousins, Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Geno, like all of those dudes, Anthony Richardson. I think Watson is a step ahead of them, and I do like the value in round eight. Then in round nine, I went with Zach Charbonnet, kind of just talked him up in the uh, last mock. I do like him as the running back three. Then we get uh, Cortland Sutton after that to be our wide receiver six. So our wide receivers are super strong. Unfortunately, this is a spot where we just, you know, did not get lucky at the tight end position. We didn't get any value to fall to us. Um, I didn't want to reach and take like a round five pits. I didn't want to take a round six Goddard. I probably would have taken Darren Waller in round six there. Um, I also probably would have taken Kincaid in round 10, but he got sniped right before us um, on a team that already had Goddard, which is pretty unfortunate for us. That was kind of a tough look there. So we just kind of hit like these later round young tight ends. We go Greg Dulcich, Sam Laporta back to back in rounds 11 and 12. And then we go with Jalen Warren in round 13. I'm not quite sure what to make of this team. Like I said, I don't love that in a hero RB build, our quarterback is Deshaun Watson and our starting tight end is Greg Dulcich. Like that doesn't seem great, but you also look at this wide receiver core, Amon Ross St. Brown, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, and you have Mike Williams on the bench. Like that is an incredibly strong wide receiver group there. So I think it's okay, um, but I do think it can kind of show the downfall of if you don't go super balanced early on, right? Like if we had another running back, pick in round like two or three, we'd probably feel better moving forward. Um, But I still think it turned out all right. And then our fourth mock draft is going to be from the nine spot. And I don't love the nine spot in drafts. I've talked about how I have a clear top seven. Um, Unfortunately, none of those top seven dudes fall to me at the 109. So we go with Stefan Diggs. This might be the first Hero RB team where we don't go running back in the uh, first round, but I still think, you know, it turned out solid. So we go Stefan Diggs here at the 109. Then in round two, we get Jonathan Taylor. Um, I had someone ask a comment about like how concerned I was about JT's like contract situation slash injury. And I guess the way I'll put it is I'd much rather buy the dip on Jonathan Taylor than just completely fade him at this point in the offseason. There's definitely risk, but you know, who knows how it plays out. I'll take the value on Jonathan Taylor. Then we hammer the wide receiver position for the next three rounds. So we go Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, and Christian Watson. At that point through five rounds, we have wide receivers through our flex. Round six, we have an opportunity to get a solid tight end. So I go with round six, Darren Waller. Then in round seven, this was a spot where I would have taken David Montgomery if he fell to us. He did not. Actually, I probably still would have taken Deontay. Would have been a tough call, but we go with Deontay in round seven. He's going to be on our bench, but like, you know, opportunities will open up throughout the season where he could start. Then in round eight, we go with Deshaun Watson. And unfortunately, we had James Cook go right before Watson. If James Cook fell to us there at the 804, I definitely would have taken him in that spot. Um, So then the running backs are just not looking great after that. We still don't have our running back too. So we go with Zay Flowers as our wide receiver six. And then I just hammer out four straight running backs down this draft. So A-Chain, Elijah Mitchell, Tank Bigsby, and Jalen Warren. Same story to, I think, the second mock I talked about. Like, I think throughout the season, more often than not, one of these guys is going to appear playable. I think A-Chain has the upside of being like a weekly start especially if they don't sign Delvin Cook. But then these other guys, right? Mitchell, Bigsby, Warren, you just need an injury to one of their starters and then they're completely playable for you. So definitely not a strong running back two spot, but I think like we made up for it at the other positions. 
Now moving in to the fifth and final mock draft here, we're gonna be going from pick 12. So here are our B from like the one two turn at the uh, 112 and the 201, we go Nick Chubb, Amon Ross St. Brown. I feel like the one two turn is super interesting this year because I think you can put together a lot of different combinations. Like you can go running back, running back. We could have gone Chubb, JT. A lot of times you can go wide receiver, wide receiver. You're gonna have guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, CD Lamb, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown. All those dudes are going in that same range. So you do kind of have a lot of flexibility or you could go running back wide receiver like we did here with Chubb and Amon Ross St. Brown. Then we move over to the 3-4 turn and I just really liked the value on wide receiver. Chris Olave at the 3-12 is crazy value. I don't think you're gonna see him slip there much on sleeper, but I think other platforms like ESPN, Yahoo, I think that's honestly like where he goes consistently. So we get Chris Olave and Calvin Ridley at the 3-4 turn. Chris Olave, I consider to be like a back-end round two guy, and Calvin Ridley I view as like a high-end round three option. So love the value on both of those picks. We've got three wide receivers, uh, one running back through four. Then in round five, we're gonna stack Calvin Ridley with Trevor Lawrence as our quarterback one. And then we get Mike Williams to uh, put wide receivers through our flex. Then in round seven, um, we end up kind of getting a nice turn here, I would say. We get our running back two with James Cook, and then we also get our solid tight end with Evan Ingram, who stacks with Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. I know people are probably, you know, up in the air on stacking and redraft. I think it makes sense, you know, as long as you're not way overdoing it or just stacking like horrific offenses. Because, right, with Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, all these guys, we're making the same bet that this Jaguars offense is probably going to be pretty solid. So if that bet hits, you know, it's going to hit for all of those dudes, which is definitely going to elevate the ceiling of our team. So through eight rounds, we've got four wide receivers. We have our two running back slots filled out. And I think James Cook in round eight is a very solid running back too. And then we also have quarterback and tight end locked in. So we probably want to go back to the wide receiver position, um, you know, get some decent options that we'd feel comfortable putting in our flex. So we go Elijah Moore in round nine. We go back to running back with Zach Charbonnet as our running back three in round 10. Then we get Sky Moore in round 11, Tank Bigsby in round 12, and then wrap it up with uh, Zay Jones as, you know, potential stack here with Trevor Lawrence. We'll see, you know, how that, uh, Jaguars offense plays out. Definitely a talented enough wide receiver where if an injury happened to either Calvin Ridley or Christian Kirk, he could probably step up and be like a potential flex option. So looking at this team, I think it, you know, turned out pretty solid. Our wide receivers are very nice, especially, you know, our top four. We have a solid quarterback, decent tight end. And then I think our running back room is also all right. So uh, that is going to wrap it up for these five mock drafts. Like I said at the top, if you like the way these mocks played out, you never want to go into a draft locked in, but it's always nice to have that flexibility. I think especially if you're playing in some more like casual platforms, the wide receiver value is probably going to seem pretty nice to you. I mean, pretty much like the entire draft. So I could definitely see you guys kind of getting into those spots where you get one solid running back and then you just hammer out the other positions. I definitely think it's a viable draft strategy this year. If you guys enjoyed the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And if you did enjoy it and you haven't seen my uh, Hero RB video, that one's up on my channel from a few days ago. So go check that one out also. But thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.